Welcome to episode 30 of the Permaculture Pimp Cast. The only pimp cast out there where we discuss permaculture preparedness and practical living from a father and son perspective. How you doing, son? Good. How are you? Can you believe I'm good, man? Can you believe it's episode 30 already? Yeah, I would say that every single time. Well, I think it's getting to the point now where it's moving kind of slow for me. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's, to a kinda, extent, it's no longer I, fast. It's now slow. Well, like, I wow, think, we're only doing two a week. Well, Thursday from from Thursday <laughs> to Tuesday, honestly, feels like an eternity. I think that's why. From Thursday to Tuesday or from. Yeah. OK. Yeah. yeah from Thursday to Tuesday, like an, it does feel like an eternity. It almost seems like we ought to move it to Monday. But I think we got a rhythm here. And frankly, we could do these every single day of the week if 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 we had time. So yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Y'all check us out on the fountain app. You can tip a pimp. Yeah. Everybody's using app. the hashtag. Everybody's yeah. using it, tip a pimp <laughs> on, on Fountain App. Well, this this episode, as always, is brought to you by Hickory Ridge Soap. Check it out at twooldcrows.com. Turn that mangy man into a sexy beast or a sharp-dressed man. There I you think g- that was one of the flavors. Sharp-dressed man. Sharp-dressed man. I haven't used that one yet. I'm still on sexy beast. Yeah, well, I like them all, man. There's not been yeah. anything that uh, Shelly... And the gang over at Two Old Crows hasn't come out with it. I don't like. In fact, I, I now know what those wax melts are. Yeah, the, she has I mean, wax it, melts too. It smells like fallen. It looks and smells like fall in this house. Since Kendra and Emily moved in, it now is like there's now decorations. Yeah, seasonal they got, decorations. Man, they got stuff on the doors. Every time I walk in and out of the front door, that thing that clangs on the front. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it hate looks that cool thing. and everything, but you got to sit here and that creep out of the front door because it starts clanging up against it. Stupid wooden sign bangs up against the door every time you open it. It's gonna come off. Yeah, so or I it's need to come, come up with down. something, or it's got to get glued or something. I don't know. All right, y'all, right out of the gates, tip of the day, and look, I'm just going to keep it real, like we always do. Get stocked up, and we kind of talked about that in the last one. What what do I mean exactly? Uh, we're going to cover it in great detail today, much more detail than typical. And I know this seems like common sense, but folks, it ain't that common. What's one thing? That you would recommend that they stock up on that they might not be thinking about. Like something that, that, yeah, something that they might be overlooking, that okay, a lot right of people on. might be overlooking. Well, I didn't see that question coming, but well, I no, guess I we could both pick one. It. Yeah, so, I mean, outside of food and everything, that seems pretty obvious, but I'm going to say medical supplies. I'm like gonna say, specific, okay. I'm going to say, okay, do you have alcohol? Do you have things for cuts and abrasions? Do you have Band-Aids? Do you have a means to uh, clean out wounds? I mean, there's a lot of natural stuff out there, comfrey being a good one. Uh, yeah. We even made kind of a joke in that last video where your mom accidentally cut me with that uh, rice knife. And yeah. then I made it like a, something of a poultice of a, I guess that video hadn't come out yet. Well, yeah, it has. Oh, it has? Yeah, it came out three oh, hours ago. Oh, that's right. We're putting out a video every single day. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, and it's, yeah. so so there's another reason to listen to the Pimp Cast because you're getting uh, news before it actually you know, happens. Or after it happens. In this case, <laughs> I guess the video already came out. Yeah. See, I didn't even... Yeah, I was... I mean, we've been filming so much, and the reason why is we got so many things locked up. And hey, folks, sorry about my voice. I'm a little congested. I got something of a cold or something going on right now. No, I'm not going to go get a PCR test either. So, uh, yeah. Um, that being <laughs> What do you want to show up positive for? <laughs> yeah, so you if pick. I got <laughs> I might have to go here and clear my nose. We don't have a some. We got to figure out where we got one of those cough buttons or something, man. Um, it's either. Well, it's either this one or this one. Well, all right, go ahead and try it. Okay, I'm gonna try it on my mic. Yeah, we're gonna do this okay, live. Can you y'all? hear me through that? No, I can't hear you, but I can hear me. Okay, well that one works then. All right, so it's which this one's one me? for you? No, so, apparently, yeah, yep. I guess it is me. Okay, how about that? Cool. All right, so here we are doing technical stuff right on the air, y'all. Or you could just turn your head, Dad. Well, son, what what would you recommend as far as stocked up? I mean, what are the, some of the items that people I mean, might be well, overlooking? I asked the question because I was then going to ask, like, would you recommend maybe iodine? Would iodine be a good idea? That's not a bad idea. Okay. Um, and I then don't... if it's hard for them to get, like, you know, regular iodine, are there other forms of iodine that they can get? Like, well, kelp, iodized I mean, salt, would that be, iodized salt, would uh, that be good? Or 
potassium it iodide. It depends on what you're using it for, but it should, it's pretty easy to come by. I mean, I remember back in Fukushima, we got some. Supposedly, it only lasts for a year, but, you know, they say that about all pharmaceuticals also, and we find out that their shelf life is considerably longer. But we have way, way, you know, as far as natural uh, forms of iodide, um, iodine, um, I know kelp is a pretty good, uh, you know, has a pretty good understanding. I, you know, honestly, I don't know for sure, but I know that kelp has iodine in it. Okay. You know, it wouldn't shock me if Comfrey had a great deal of it in there. I, I don't know. I, Actually, I, really I bet there's out. a section in that book, and the book is literally, I can reach and touch it right now. Um, yeah. I'll have to check. That would yeah. be cool if it did. Well, that would be kind of handy, but yeah, Man. stock up on everything you can right now. We're going to cover some of the reasons why. Look, folks, it, it isn't a matter of trying to beat a dead horse because it's popular. We're not doing that. We don't get paid for this. I mean, we have a, like I said, we got a sponsor, but they're not, you know, we're, we're sponsoring them because a, they're our friends and B, they got a great product and, and C, do you have any, I, it. do you have any idea how many times they've saved our bacon at festivals? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Every yeah. festival we've been to and they've been there, they've saved our bacon. So it's the least we can do, but honestly, yeah. they have a fantastic product. So it's, you know, yeah. and we use it every single day. In fact, I'm fixing to jump in there and turn myself into a sexy beast. Oh, man. I'm going to break out some of that stuff, but <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as getting stocked up, y'all. I can't, I'm not trying to be a broken record, but there is a reason I'm pleading with everybody out there. And as it unfolds, we'll get more into it. But all right, right off farm news. We got the farm where you live conference coming up. That's going to be on October 15th and 16th. Harvested uh, the first lemon today. Yeah, Harvested the first lemon. That was a little Sorry, bit Dad. random, son. But <laughs> yeah, excited about it. That's farm news. Yeah, that's that farm came news, from but, the farm. The first yeah. lemon from this farm. Was harvested today. But I wasn't at all in the middle of talking about the Farm Where You Live conference down hey. here in South Carolina. So find out more information. You can, Okay, and we also got another one coming up, and we'll talk about his uh, lemon here in a minute. Um, we got the Farm Where You Live thing going on in South Carolina. That's going to be kicking. And we're going to be there. Uh, Joel Salatin's going to be there. And probably a number of other homesteaders you might know about are going to be there. But most importantly, y'all... It's one of those times, and frankly, I'm really looking forward to this one because... Well, you're teaching too, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to be processing a couple of pigs. They had me doing one on Saturday. It looks like they talked me into doing one on Sunday as well. And cool. frankly, I'm glad to do it. In these times, um, I'm hoping we can train up as many people as possible to know how to do these things because things are getting weird. I mean, guys, go there and record it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah go you're there totally and record it to and then that. just follow along next time you process a pig. Or unless you have a photographic memory like Shelly does. Yeah, yeah. Shelly. You can just do it as soon as you get home. Yeah. Or uh uh what what is that one? Um Honeysuckle Farms. Oh, oh, Tennessee. Yeah. Honeysuckle uh yeah, honeysuckle farms. Honeysuckle um, farm ten T N. T N there you uh, go on YouTube. You can check out Ariella, her over there farming away yeah we uh we did a class man but, they took it home and they yeah. were doing their own classes and knocking it out of the immediately park. yeah chris was he and then the chicken processing he jumped in and helped taught that too man and he was great at it i mean yeah. it, it's so awesome y'all this is one of the cool things you get when you go to these festivals and i and i know so many of us uh i'll be honest with you most people that are in the uh homesteading space by and large are very much introverts and folks that's not a bad thing because believe it or not, I am an introvert. I know a lot of people laugh and don't believe that, but I'm very comfortable in my own space. And I'm one of those people that, you know, it's tough to get me out of here. But when I do, I become extroverted when I'm in the company of people I like. And I think a lot of you, if given a little bit of prodding, and check this out. If I see you down there and you're like a bump on a log by yourself, guess what? I'm coming up to you. I'm going to go say hi, and I'm going to learn a little something about you. And we're going to have a conversation. So if I see you all by yourself and I got a little second to myself, believe me, you ain't got to worry about somebody starting a conversation. I'm going to be the one coming up to you. So also after that, we got a meetup and that's going to be in Burnsville, North Carolina at the Tow River Campground. You can find out, you can find all this, honestly, just plug in the date on the calendar at freesteading.com. And it's going to show you what's, you know, more details on this, but the meetup is going to be October 22nd, Burnsville which is practically our backyard. It's going to be done by uh, Renewed Homestead, good friends of ours, Ben and Denise over there. You're going to want to RSVP for that because they only got so many spots, and I think they're getting pretty close to coming to the shady end of it. And it's just a good idea to know how many people are showing up. Yeah, and that's renewedhomestead at gmail.com. Now let's talk about your lemon. 
Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Over the mouth breathing I hear over this mic. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> you can't breathe through your nose. Yeah, there is <laughs> You're that. taking a breath every after every sentence. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was the first lemon we harvested from the farm. It was a lemon tree Emily and I picked up while we were down in Florida. And it's producing lemons. And this was the first one that was ripe. So, bam. This is now a tropical production farm in North Carolina. All right. So, all we got to do is get you to figure out where in the broadcast to actually tell everybody about your wonderful lemon. That was it. In the farm news. Yeah. That came straight from the farm. Well, there is a lot of that. Um, the fresh section. Persimmons, man. We got a bunch of those uh, through the mail from my buddy Barrett down in, down deep south. Um, he sent two boxes of them. Thanks, Barrett. Yeah. And, uh, wow, we're turning Kendra. She never had a... Uh, Fresh she never had a fresh persimmon, persimmon. and yeah. man, it's kind of cool that he set them in varying degrees of ripeness, so you can kind of hold them out and then eat them as you go. Because you have a day, if that. Yeah, when you a, check in, if they're ripe, you better eat it right. Right. Yeah, persimmons, man. You don't have a whole lot of uh, shelf life on that, but man, we've been working on those. But ah, oh, the star of the show. I talked about it. I think in the last pimp cast. Um, if I didn't, I'm going to bring it up again. That's the Evercrisp apples, and I'm here to tell y'all the best <laughs> apple. Everybody I've given one to has said, good night. I gave some to Justin. He was like, man, them things are fantastic. Gave some to uh, Kendra. Ate Kendra. Some. Emily ate some. What did, what did Emily say about them? They were off the hook, yeah. Yeah. Kendra had one, and she was thinking the best she's ever had was a Honeycrisp, and I'm trying to explain to her that the ones you buy in the store are a year old nine times out of ten, don't have any kind of flavor, but... When you pick them fresh, y'all, here's the beauty of about, you know, going to a place and getting things right off the tree. Number one, your shelf life may not be that long, but it's different for apples. It's not like every other thing out there is um, you got the real beauty of being able to taste. You get like a floral kind of scent in there. It almost, it doesn't Guys, taste like just a sweet apple. It's you, you get sense of other things in there. I can't also even describe. keep in mind. Not everybody cares as much about apples as dad does. Yeah, well, just about anybody that's got any sense does, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. So you better like apples. Here's the cool thing about an apple. Everybody has to care this much about a particular fruit. Well, now that I got mine, and believe me, they didn't have them last year, and I was crying the lamentations of Job. And I went out there with Kendra saying, you ain't going to believe these apples. We get up there, and, you know, we talked They're about out. it before. Yeah, that's why you don't just grow a monocrop. That's why you don't do that. So, uh so if you get well, one they lost, don't. they have varieties. They just yeah, have them monocropping. in monocrop fashion. That's right. I mean that that's the thing is, you know, we always spread them out. And you want to find out more information on that if you're new to this pimp cast, you can always check it out at the YouTube channel. We talk about that at nauseum. So that monocrop. So Justin, I don't know. I don't want to spring the trap on Justin's own information, but he's going to have an awesome video about his sorghum field down there. It oh, has yeah. to do with monocrops and the benefits of not using them. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be a really, really awesome surprise. But regarding these apples, y'all, going right back there to getting stocked up, I mean, you got things like Arkansas Blacks that keep forever and a day. But guess what? That All the virtues of an Evercrisp, one of its also one of, one of its massive virtues is that it does keep for a very long time. Well, what's one of the virtues of having an orchard nearby? And if you have pigs or chickens, you can pick up the... Apples off the ground. Yeah, yeah. You can also, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, there's also the benefit of that. I mean, plus these orchards, y'all, and I talked about it in the last pimp cast, maybe the one before that, where it's that time of year where there's so many on the ground, you can fill up your truck numerous times, be a blessing to them, but you may run into some of these uh, lunatic lefties like I ran into that one year where the girl calls the law on the guy. Yeah. Um. You know, because they think somebody's out there working for free. I mean, I just can't even get my head around all these people. Well, I, I tell you what, they're about to have bigger problems here before long. Maybe you could trade them some bacon or something like that in exchange to pick up some apples off their off their orchard. You know what? That wouldn't be a, that wouldn't yeah. be a bad trade at all. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to get down to the news nobody wants to talk about. World news, or you know, the news um, that's more relevant to you. Now, this stuff we're going to start right off with the stuff that kind of matters to you, really matters to you. All right, y'all, they can't even get goods up and down the Mississippi. How do you think that stuff is trans... I mean, the stuff from the Midwest, how do you think it's transported? It's down the Mississippi. It's a navigable river, or at least it used to be. was. Yeah, but it ain't. So what do you think about that? I mean, yeah, I mean... If those, like, 
I mean, I mean if they really cared about solving this issue, they would have hired somebody like Jeff Lawton a long time ago. Somebody like Eric Sider a long time ago. These, If we know about Jeff Lawton, I guarantee you they know about Jeff Lawton. Well, when you add to this drought, I mean, farmers out west can't even seed. I was talking to Justin, and he was talking to one of the uh, grain farmers uh, in Kansas or Missouri. I can't remember which. It may, yeah, it may have been Nebraska, but they're like, they can't even put the seeds down. They're supposed to be seeding right now. They can't even put the seeds down because it's so dry up there. Am I supposed to believe all this is just one giant coincidence? Okay, so I'm saying that if they really cared about the problem, they would have fixed it by now. I'm saying that to say that we need to just fix it ourselves. We need to just not ask permission, not to try to get them on board at all, just to do it ourselves, to start fixing the issues ourselves. So that the properties that we own, the the land that we do own, and I'm including public land because uh, we own that as well. Um, let's start terraforming it to start fixing these these water issues. Well, here after a while, I don't think people are going to care. I mean, when you look at like, um, look, y'all, I'll just jump right into it. I mean, you take somebody like Aaron Brickman. He's, uh, if you don't know who that is, uh, you can check him out on Twitter, uh, Aaron A.G. Brickman, Twitter. You know, you got all these different prognosticators out there talking about the things that are going on in this world and how things are getting stupid how they're getting just absolutely crazy in so many different ways. And um, I'll be honest with you, of all the people out there making these claims about what's going on, he's been one of the few people that's been right. I mean, yeah. like, unbelievably right. And he's not saying that anything for sure is going to happen. He's saying he's giving you the steps in which they have to happen. I'll leave that uh, podcast down below. I'll leave that link down. Well, below. no, I mean, it's going to be hard for a lot of people to get through that podcast. Let me just put it this way. I mean, he's been one of those people that told you, okay, on this day, it's going to go down this way on this day. And so he, he likened it to a baseball score saying, okay, if this happens on this day, okay, that's first base. Okay. He was right on first base. Um, and then he said, okay, if this happens on these two days, that's second base. And that happened. Then where he kind of got a little bit off and he warned you that he might be he said, as this thing unfolds, it's more difficult to, to increase the accuracy. But in a nutshell, he's saying, okay, uh, Monday or all the way into this Monday, um, you're going to see the market drop and then you're going to see a rally on Tuesday. It happened exactly as he said. And then his initial prediction was if you see an 800 point rally on Tuesday, then you're going to see a market drop all the way into Friday of next week. And when I say drop, I'm talking like 1929 kind of drop. And now he's kind of revising his numbers a little bit saying that, you know, it may very well happen that we're in that window, but it looks like almost for sure by Friday this week. So, um, that's devastating news. I mean, if he's accurate and then all of a sudden, <laughs> Oh, this one got me. Um, you know, here today, we got this guy from the Bank of England. This one this one blew my mind, okay? So, like, everything else isn't already crazy enough. Then this came out from uh, Zero Hedge. And dig this. We got the uh, Bank of England's governor, Andrew Bailey. Uh, he starts speaking in a live Washington event. And in a nutshell, I don't know if somebody's fooling around with this guy's teleprompter or what. But he says, uh, the guy the right, guy writing this article says, after doubling down on his pension fund bailout, uh, Bank of England's Bailey spoke in Washington this afternoon, initially warning that, quote, market volatility went beyond bank stress tests. Okay, that alone is pretty scary. And then he goes on to say, yeah, serious risk to the UK financial system stability. And then this clown actually said, um, and I quote, my message to the funds involved and all the firms is that you got three days left now. <laughs> Say what? Dude, I mean, if you're going to sit here and create panic, this guy runs yeah. the Bank of England. <laughs> if you were going to start panic, I mean, that's a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm like, okay. So you got Brickman basically calling it like it is for the most part. You know, he's giving you... He's given you the timelines and the guy's been astonishingly accurate. And if you look at the metrics and how he does this and how all of it seems to overlay, uh, whether from all these crashes seem to not seem, but he's basically proven that they go in correspondence with all the uh, Jewish high days. And he said also, if the pound falls, the, the U.S. dollar has two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's Brickman. He's saying, yeah. so basically you're, you're canary in the coal. Well, there's a lot of canaries in the coal mine, but one of the biggest being, 
that if the British pound falls, you got two weeks to get your money out of the bank, nephew. Now, am I losing my mind over this? Am I stressing? No. And let me tell you why. I've kind of come to a conclusion here, son. And it's kind of on the heels of something you said a couple of weeks ago at a festival. And it really hit me like a ton of bricks. And it also reminds me of a quote that I said. Now, I often say when I do live engagements and that, you know, it's no measure of health to be well adjusted to a sick society. So if this whole thing falls, if the if the if the if the devil's financial system, these false weights and measures, if it falls by the wayside, should I sit here and cry over it? No. You know, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe it's a good thing that this thing is falling apart. Maybe it will reveal the full extent because this is what I pray for. I pray for two things every single time I get on my knees, y'all. And I mean literally on my knees. And that's that the Lord brings all these children that are suffering in this world to safety and bring those responsible to justice. But additionally, that we see we see a revival. And I don't know that that can happen without a great deal of suffering. I don't, I don't see any of this. And all of it is hinging around, honestly, this banking system. Am I wishing for it? Absolutely not. I don't want to see any of this happen. I would love to see people wake up and repent and do all this stuff without the lamentations of Job. I would love to see that happen. Is it going to? I don't know. I mean, I just don't. I can't think of a single time in history. And I've talked about this before. There is not a single. In fact, I challenge. I dare say there's not a person in this audience can cite to me one time in human history where a decadent society has ever fixed itself without great calamity. And I can't think of a society, you know, and I understand parts of history quite well. I can't think of a single time in human history where society has ever been more decadent than the United States of amnesia. Yeah, I can't think of one either. So what does that mean? I mean, so with all these things falling down and then, Okay, like we can't, like that stuff ain't bad enough. We have people, world leaders for crying out loud, openly musing about the notion of creating nuclear war. Yeah, saying that it's going to be like a green move for the planet. Yeah, they made that argument as well. Like it's going to help cool down the planet. Well, yeah, exactly. But we can deal with increasing temperatures. We can't deal with decreasing temperatures. Yeah, nuclear winter? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let me just fire up the fireplace here. Yeah. Nothing Got- survives in absolute zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we when we get down to brass tacks, I'll tell you, the, the thing that really disturbs me more than anything is nobody cares. I'm driving through yeah. Asheville, son. I go there once, maybe twice a week. And, uh, I never saw, I was telling the homesteading pastor, I was on the phone with him earlier. And I think I recalled to him that I'd never saw, and I said as much to you and your mom and everybody else, I never seen so many people in Nashville in my life. If, if our channel, if our YouTube channel and our podcast wasn't talking about what we talk, like if the topic wasn't, is what it is, then I, I don't think we could keep doing it. Cause how could you be? Like, how could you have a topic talking about, like, sports, like football right now? I don't. Uh, yeah. Who cares about football right yeah, now? Everybody. That's the problem. How? How do you care about That's what is what game somebody's playing? What when game you, grown men are playing with the ball? Yeah, and then when you sit here and you go through, uh, man, this is painful. When you listen to terrestrial radio, and I actually, I, I come across some of these stations, and you hear these passionate discussions, the breakdown. The most minute things that you hear them talk about on sports radio. And I remember one time being laughed at years ago on a job where these guys were going on about how who I didn't even know who the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs was. And I said, and then and the guy laughs and he says, dude, you know how stupid you are, man. You're the only guy in this room that doesn't know who the Chiefs quarterback is. And I say, you know what? I'm the only guy in this room, too, that only that knows what his first amendment is. And then of course. I said that, I mean, you talk about casting pearls before swine. I mean, this clown, he's sitting here laughing about what I said, as if I'm the dumb one. But you hear all this breakdown, this... Uh, <laughs> That's the definition of too stupid to insult. 
There you go. There you go. I mean, when you get down, I remember it like it was yesterday. I can't say anything that that you can understand. Yeah, it's, it's like I can't even insult you because you won't even get it. But, I mean, really, when we get down to brass tacks, the thing that's flooring me right now is that, you know, typically you have the person, well, I can't do anything about it. Well, that's usually the person that is never going to do anything about anything. I understand that. But there is no awareness that this is even happening. Yeah. There is no awareness that this whole financial system, okay, if you don't care about a nuclear war, you might care about whether or not you got a job yeah, or a means to put bread on the table. And honestly, nobody cares. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's jaw dropping. I don't, I don't know. Well, I do know. And sadly, y'all, I look, I'm not, I, I know we usually keep these things on the upbeat, but I'm going to keep it. I'm always going to keep it as real as I can. And with that said, here we go. I don't know who that is. Uh, so Kendra Peck picked the music this week. Um, that's my cousin, by the way. That is Something in Orange by Zach Bryan. Who's Zach Bryan? I have no idea. Never she heard of him. <laughs> she picked the music. Never heard of him. Okay. Right. I, don't, I don't know what to make of it, but the singing style, I, uh, I won't get into that. I mean, Kendra, you ain't picking the music no more if you're listening. Okay, we'll see what we'll see what selection two is and see if you redeem yourself. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that was. Um, there's like this little phenomenon. Well, I better not go into it where there's like music singing styles that seem to come in and out where people drag their voice through the song and all this and that. It just ain't my version of it. I don't dig it anyway. Yeah, honey, I love you, but you ain't picking no more music on the pimp cast. She can't pick music and she can't cook eggs. (laughs) She makes crunchy scrambled eggs. <laughs> That's the, how she described she them. She actually to me. said that. <laughs> she said crunchy. I said, "How do you like your eggs?" I'm in there cooking, and trust me, y'all. I'm said crunchy. I, I mean, people have called me a Nazi about making my eggs. I ain't gonna catch me eating no slimy, sloppy eggs. Um, now, me and Justin pretty much like the same kind of food, man. I don't like no slimy eggs, man. Them things are gonna be done. But she wants them crunchy. I'm like, <laughs> nah. You better go cook those crunchy eggs. Who even said? How do you put eggs and crunchy in the same sentence? <laughs> But that's how she likes them anyway. That's what happens when you have to scrape it off the pan. I'm like, man, she's sitting there chipping that thing out. <laughs> All right, we better stop messing with Kendra. Yeah, she's chipping that thing out of the pan. I didn't know what I was oh, looking man. at. All right, so, all right, we're going to get into it. All right, myopic preppers, y'all. That's the topic today. Um, I'm bringing that up. We kind of covered it a little bit in the headlight video. I thought there'd be headlight. more hate. Yeah, the headlamp video. Everybody loved that video. Really? Everybody in the comments loved that video. Well, I, I totally expect, I'm sure we got some people <laughs> subscribe over that. No, there honestly, were so many people that were saying thank you. Like, for thank you for finally doing this. I couldn't believe it. I had to double check to make sure I was checking the right video. Yeah, I thought for sure, man, there'd be some haters up in there. but Or maybe they just didn't respond. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was, you know, I, I don't think you can, re- I, I don't know what argue argument you could make against it. I mean... We'll cover more of that in the future, especially on different topics. But this is kind of on the same heels of that same thing. What do I mean by that? Look, for years, y'all, I've been involved in the preparedness community early on. um, Been at it for a long time. And I found myself in some communities there because, honestly, a lot of these things, when you're preparing at a time, okay, I'll be straight with you. When there's a Democrat in office, uh, you would not believe the number of people that flock to the preparedness circles. And then when there was a Republican in, they go right back to sleep. Just like Danny at Deep South talked about how, you know, basically if everything were to turn on a dime tomorrow, all the people that are in these um, homesteading circles, they're just going to dry up. It's it's kind of a fad. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of animals for sale and a lot of homesteads for sale. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yep. It's going to happen. No two ways about that. I'll give it like three months in. Three months in, a lot of things are going to be up for sale. Yeah. Yeah, so in the preparedness circles, you see the same exact thing. And frankly, 
is what drove me crazy when I was first involved in it because, I mean, there are people out there like Bobby Spaggs who's been at it, you know, just as long, if not longer than me, where there's not an angle of this that he hasn't considered and worked out. There's a number of other people like him. But more than often, more often than not, they're the myopic, what I call the myopic preppers, you know, and it typically, it's usually within these camps, okay? You're going to see them within the, and, we're, and so we're going to get, we're going to have some people cussing on this one, I oh, guarantee yeah. it. So you're going to have, the biggest areas where those exist are like the um, ham radio operators. They, if you're, you know, it's all ham radio, you don't have this, you ain't going to oh, make yeah. it, blah, 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 blah. We're talking blah, about blah. the preppers who focus only on one thing and they're only about one thing yeah. and don't think about anything else because they have this one focus. And it is astonishing how many of those there are. Yeah, there's, it, for every category, there's myopic preppers. I don't know. For I, like the ham radio people, there's myopic preppers. For the gun guys, there's myopic preppers. Especially, I think it's worse, the worst with the gun guys because the ham radio guys are the most annoying, but the gun guys, I think, are the worst. <laughs> they, they might be, and here's why. I mean, part of the reason why is that I've seen, I've, I've witnessed idiotic conversations regarding this. I mean, pretty, pretty intense conversations regarding... Well, this gun's better than this gun, or this one has stopping power, or this one has that and this. You know, at the end of the day, I don't care if all you have is a twenty-two. You get shot by it, trust me. You ain't going to keep coming at that target that just shot you. If I throw a rock at you, you're going to pause for a second. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> to have these knockdown drag out, or here's the thing that I've noticed from a lot of the gun preppers, and it's usually the only people that ever say this is, Okay, well, do you have this, this? Nope, I got a gun. I'll go take it. Yeah. You don't have any, folks, do you have any idea how many times I've heard that? I can't yeah. even begin it. So it's a double-edged sword because, number one, I'm thinking, okay, here's another sociopath in the world, uh, probably a psychopath. Yeah. Um, if, that's your, if that's your idea of preparedness is I'm going to go, um, I'll just go take it from somebody, or the same people are going to say, I'll just go hunting. Yeah. And it's always the yeah. people that have never been hunting in their lives. Also, the people that are bad that a lot of people overlook, that a lot of, you know, I think we overlook as well, are the gardeners. The ones that only garden, that only focus on gardening and getting that squared away. They don't focus on any animals or anything or any way to protect their harvest. Yeah. Well, we'll get like to that. those guys. I'm going to talk more. Well, there. I guess there's myopic preppers in every single example exactly. of this. Yeah. But the ones that I think that where you see it most predominantly is definitely... In the uh, ham radio guys, um, and the gun definitely crowd. the gun guys, but also I put the vehicle guys in there. Man, I've seen some knockdown drag out arguments over that. Like, yeah. oh well, mine's got a three fifty. Blah blah blah. Man, get out of here with that dumb stuff. You ain't got an EMP shield on it. It ain't going nowhere anyhow. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, really, they will sit here and think, okay, I got to be able to go over these mountains and do this and that. Like, where are you going? Yeah, I'm like, if you have to go places, you screwed up. I was thinking like this one guy, I'm like, dude, you live in Western Kansas. It's as flat as a rock. Why on earth do you need that big old Jeep? I mean, yeah, of course, it wasn't going to do any good. It was about having that thing and feeling like, oh, I'm this and that. Um, you know, there's also the people from the I've also seen the myopic prepper in terms of the security people. Yeah. Like, oh, I got my compound squared away. I'm good to go. And they don't have a fallback position. Or the fact that it is squared away makes you stand out as a target. Well, yeah. <laughs> or all you have. Okay. So not even a rat leaves himself one way in and out of a hole, you know? So if you have this place, and th that's a good thing to have. But nine times out of 10, there's a lot of people out there that are putting these things together and they look as if they are compounds. Right. That's what I'm saying. So that's going to make you a target by other people. Like, oh, they probably have food inside of there. Let's, right. Let's wait as long as we need to to figure out how to get inside and get that food. Or wait till they come outside and yeah. then they're going to try to pick you off, whatever the case may be. But it's also those people there like, hey, this is the one way I'm going to do things. Yeah. But you know where I haven't seen any myopic preppers? I'll, I'll be honest with you. The people that seem to have, I've always noticed this, that the people that seem to have an emphasis on medicine are never myopic preppers. It's like, yeah, if they're talking about point. that, I've never seen one that 
that was, you know, talking about medicine who didn't have their food squared away, who didn't have their firearms squared away. James and Ashley, they stand out. They come from a medicine background. And, uh, yeah, but at the same time, I mean, these people are not myopic preppers. Yeah, they're the no. classic examples of that. But, I mean, they're squared away on all, all fronts. Yeah, they're good people all the way around. In fact, we're going to try to get them on here at some point to talk about that medical thing, you know, those medical issues. But in terms of preparedness, I've also not seen... Um, this is one of the biggest reasons why I got out of it in the first place, but I've not seen... I, uh, I'll be honest with you here, folks. I've seen more myopic preppers than I have ones that had a holistic approach to preparedness. People like Danny at Deep South, Danny and Wanda down there. I mean, they cover it at all angles. They hit it at every single angle. That's part of why I pulled myself out of it because I knew that it, this thing was a fad where guys like, I remember there was this one guy, um, I won't bring his name up, but he was like, okay, I got my, um, I got my property. He invited us all out to go eat and go check out his, it wasn't even at his property. We go meet at this restaurant. He breaks out some maps and we're like, okay, what, what was all this about? And so it was the notion of having property. And that's where he, that's basically where he jumped off. So the moral to the story here, y'all, and this is a big one is you have got to be thinking about preparedness and just one look, a lot of the ladies out there, you're going to, I guarantee you a lot of you listening right now have a husband that all he can think about is guns or maybe all he can talk about is his vehicles. All he can talk about is a ham radio or there's also those other ones that talk. They got, Oh, I like this one. Son, the ones that got freeze dried food, they got freeze dried food. Okay. So what I'm meaning is, is that person who has, let's say, a regular nine to five? So they put back a year's worth of freeze dried food, and well, prepared. yeah, there's no resupply. Yeah, there's an issue with like, especially you if go. you just put back food and you just have food that's put back with uh, maybe some survival seeds or something like that. Well, you've never gardened before, and you don't have a resupply, a steady resupply. That's the biggest problem all the way around with that. The people with the gardening and everything, yeah, that's fine. But what if you have a bad season? Okay, do you have uh, dry goods? Do you have things that you can rely on? Or the people that just rely on the freeze-dried food, you bought it from, I don't know, uh, Harvest Right or whoever else. I mean, whoever else is selling this freeze-dried food out there, you bought that, put it in the closet, and you think, okay, I'm prepared. You might even have some guns, but you haven't trained, you haven't, you haven't trained with it, or you haven't done anything to lean people into uh, to, or at least lean your family into these other areas. Even if you got to break it down, like, okay, Jimmy, you're in charge of medicine. Bobby, you're in charge of food. So-and-so, you're in, support, in charge of resupply. And guess what? I'm in charge of everybody. And we're going to make sure we cross-train each other in all these different aspects of preparedness. That's what we're missing in so many different ways. And also, you know, okay, so you have a gun. Have you trained with it? Well, we're going to, when we come back from the break, y'all, we're going to talk more about that. <laughs> All right, who picked that? <laughs> you don't think Kendra picked it? <laughs> Did your mom put her up to it? Did your mom put her up to it? Yep. <laughs> Why? Yep. <laughs> mom picked it. Well, Kendra had issues picking the second song, so mom said, I've got a song. And she picked that one. Dwight Yoakam. <laughs> yep. No, full well, I hate Dwight Yoakam. Okay. <laughs> She's probably downstairs laughing. Yeah, right I know now. she is right yeah, now. Everybody can hear us recording the podcast. If they're inside the house, they can hear us they recording can the now. podcast. Woman, don't you ever pick Dwight Yoakam again. Uh, nah, man, that's messed up. Now, I love that dude as an actor. I mean, I think he's a great actor. But, man, I, I, never, I, I, never, I was never a big fan of his uh He sounds slack-jawed. <laughs> yeah, there is that. All right, y'all, back to that training stuff. I mean, I wanted to cover that. I wanted to cover the myopic prepping, and but I really want to get into the Q&A today because we got a lot of questions regarding that stuff. But before we get into it. Yeah, before we get into it, um, me, mom, 
Emily, Kendra, Emily, hopefully, Kendra and Dad, are you going? Yeah. Uh, we're all going as a family to a concealed carry class hosted by Big Ivy. Uh, it's going to be hosted out in Burnsville. But if you want to join us on this, I think there's uh, like 10 spots left or something like that. Uh, there's 10 spots left. And if you want to join us on the concealed carry class in uh, North Carolina, then check the link in the description box. Yeah. So do we know what yeah. date that's going to be? That's going to be on October 29th. And it's going to be that's on a Saturday and it's going to be like the it's a full day. Concealed carry classes are the full day. But if you want to come take it with us, it's uh, going to be in Burnsville, North Carolina. Um, and like the link will be in the show notes. Well, me and your mom did one years ago. Um, and I, I've been resistant to re up it. I'll be honest with you because, um, truthfully, I mean, the second amendment ought to be my concealed carry, but honestly, there's a lot of weird things going on in this world and for, and we got a very litigious world. So honestly, if I'm going to be. Well, remember what I just said a moment ago. You know, I'm responsible for everything my family does and fails to do. So I've already been down this road before as far as a concealed carry class, but I'm going to do it again. And hopefully I get to see a lot of you guys out there. Um, thanks, Ben and Denise, also from Renewed Homestead for turning them on to us. Yeah. And um, so now, yeah, we're going to see how many other people in the uh, audience out there. We'll talk about it on YouTube uh, when it's, what do we got, like 10 slots left? Yeah, 10 slots left, and I think they're going to be joining freesetting.com. I think yeah. I talked them into joining freesetting.com. Okay, cool. That'd be good. Yeah. Then more people. They perked up to an alternative economy. Well, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> then, but they also like the idea. Well, we also like the idea that they also have other classes out there as well. Right. So they do like various gunfighting classes as well. Um, so like, okay, so your wife has a shotgun to defend herself when you're at work. Well, does she know exactly how to defend yourself? Did you show her how? And are you kind of just making it up as you go along? You could have some people who actually know how teach her how. <laughs> well, part of that problem, too, is um, familiarity. That's why I want a stranger to teach right. my wife how to do it because she's going to sit here and, you know, just argue with me the whole time or your husband's going to argue with you yeah. or my son's going to argue with me. Well, we remove ourselves out of it. It's the same reason why a doctor doesn't treat his own family or not supposed to. Um, they're going to take, they're going to take this, you know, and plus this is what they do. You know, I'm pretty good at what I do, but I'm not a firearms instructor. And, um, who knows, you know, my ego does not take center stage on a lot of this stuff. I'm willing to say, look, there's a person just like we do in permaculture, just like a mixed martial artist does. Yeah. So, and also just because you're a good shooter doesn't mean you're good at teaching people how to shoot. Right. Or fundamentals yeah. of it. Or you may think you're a better shooter than you actually are. Right. Like a couple yeah. of guys I can name down in Texas. You could have a new. super overcompensated gun too. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you're sitting out there. I mean, there was a couple of guys that yeah. we know we go to the firing range with, and it's just a loud gun show. They're not hitting anything on a target nope. and they're just having a time of their lives. And I'm like, but can uh, calculate anything for you. Yeah. As far as a gun goes. Yeah. I mean, know every little statistic about every little thing, but ain't hitting anything on that target. So you know, but I'll how many you, times it's going to rotate at a thousand yards though. Yeah. So they can give you all this uh, head knowledge about stuff, but when it comes to practical knowledge, when it comes to this stuff, but um, also what I liked about it is, man, there was uh, a while back, maybe it was a year and a half ago. I was at the same gun store buying ammo. And um, I remember him, boy, he really got me. He said, they got a thousand yard range out there. Um, they got, you know, guys doing some sniper training and stuff like that. They can teach you a bunch of cool stuff. There's a lot of cool training out there yeah. going on that I can't wait to give it a shot. Um, yeah. I think they have a they have a uh, vehicle combat class. Yeah, like a drive by, like a drive by. We'll yeah. go out there. That would be hilarious if we could get a video of Grandma driving and Mom and Emily and Kendra out the window shooting. Yeah, that would be absolutely hilarious, yeah, but a little be. bit scary. I'll be on the other <laughs> side of this, but no, I mean that's you know, hey folks, if you want to come out there, maybe we all hang out together, go do this training together. Anybody yeah. near? Uh, Burnsville or Mars Hill, North Carolina, um, just sign up at the Wilson. Like yeah, you said, be, you're going to have all the information and down Even below. if you're not near, it's a pretty place to visit. Yeah, it is. It is. So it'll be pretty cool to hang out with everybody and, um, you know, get to know y'all a little bit and also be training out there at the same time. So I'm looking forward to that. And the class is uh, 75 bucks. Wow. That's yeah. That is like when you and your mom did it, when they first got concealed carry in Kansas, when me and your mom did it, I want to say before it was all said and done, it was 400 bucks a person. 
No. If I remember right. There's a 75 bucks. Yeah. So, okay. I'm all over that. All right. We're going to get that done. So we hope to see a lot of y'all there. Okay. First one from Keith. We had a, uh, we had ordered some comfrey sap from you a while back. Well, my mother has a nagging hip issue where she has had a hard time moving in the morning. She's been using it twice a day on her hip and now she can get out of bed with no limping and pain. So awesome stuff, man. That is so awesome. And secondly, he said he had strep this week and bad ear pain and that radiated to the side of his head, basically where the ear canal is. I started slapping comfrey on it, and the pain was gone two days later. So it, he said it's about 95% better. Man, that is so awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, he says, anyway, keep the, love the videos. Keep it rolling. Bam. <laughs> I got a comment from the Fountain app that uh, is kind of interesting. It's from Flyover Joe. He said, talking about channels spreading doom and gloom for ratings. Titus 111 was revealed to me today. Y'all keep on keeping on. And uh, Titus 111 is they must be silenced because they are disrupting whole households households by teaching things they ought not to teach. And that for the sake of dishonest gain. Boy, you said it all right there. I can think of just two of them that just jumped. We were just having a conversation about it the, or yesterday, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Two of these channels, they used to be all about homesteading, and then all of a sudden they start selling fear and then bam. In fact, son, just as a little side note, that last video we put out, some people might think that it has a uh, clickbait title. That wasn't the intention. No. We were dead serious. <laughs> and dead then serious. what happened? What happened? YouTube put it at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. That video was blowing up. And just to prove that that's not the way we roll, we ain't going to keep doing that kind of stuff, y'all. We're not going to keep uh, putting titles on there like that. But it goes to show you that if it bleeds, it leads on YouTube. And they are promoting the people that promote fear. Also, do you know how hard it is to come up with a legit title that's not clickbait? Like everything, everything that has to, every uh, box it has to check. Like it has to be, has to be short enough. It can't be a full description. It has to be short enough for you to be, for it to be able to fit. It has to be interesting enough for you to be able to click on it. It has to be accurate enough so you're not pissed off that you clicked on it. And then it can't look like clickbait. Yeah. Well, That's everything that goes into a title. Yeah, well, you can see a lot of these people. Some of them before I had a little bit of respect for. Now I got none. Yeah. But we're not going to keep on with that. All right. Anna says, hey, Billy, your YouTube channel has been my intro to permaculture. Now I'm hooked on learning about it. I look forward to the podcast every week. Uh, my question is about the shrub layer. I hear a lot about blueberries. Does it matter if they are high or low bush? Also, can you expand on uh, the shrubs that would be good? Uh, on other shrubs that would be good. For example, cranberry bushes would be a good shrub layer. Okay, we never really get a question like that, but it's a good yeah. one. Uh, yeah. It really depends, Anna, on a couple of things. Number one, uh, you're gonna know. You're gonna need to know in your particular area. And I know you say six A, so I'm not sure exactly where that is, but six A probably like it's not far. I mean, it's about where we are. Yeah, it's about where we are. So we can do either one, high or low bush, but your closeness to the tree that you have at that guild is going to depend on whether it's a higher blow bu- low bush. Yeah. I mean, obviously if it's a low bush, you can get it in a little bit closer. And when you prune trees, the way I do no limb under about 50 inches for the most part is ever going to be there unless it's something like a fig. So I want to be really careful, like just with the fa- a way a fig grows, um, it's going to sprout out a little bit lower than I would a typical productive tree. So even if it's a high bush, I can probably situate it more than certainly a little bit closer than I would. Um, no, if it's a low bush, you could situate it. I'm closer sorry. Yeah. If it's a low bush, bush. Yeah. If it's a low, if it's a low bush, I can get it in pretty close. And in fact, closest I like to get it. And then we do have examples where they are considerably closer. I don't like to get it any closer than five feet. Low bushes also do better in our area. Specifically, our area. There's a lot of low bush native uh, varieties around us. But high bush do well too. Yeah, high bush do well too. So it, you know, just find out what do does well in your area. Stick with that one, and then expand off that. Well, we one. never get asked about the shrub layer. Also, consider yeah. those shrubs that could be nitrogen fixing because caddy right. corner around our, you know, in a perfect world, if everything, we got some areas where it's kind of narrow, so we can't really situate things in there the way we'd like to perfectly. So catty corner of those blueberry bushes we also like to put in some nitrogen fixing shrubs right you can also put in some shrubs like some varieties that start small and then eventually turn into shrubs 
like uh, rosemary. That's one example. That starts off small, but if you keep it going and just let it go, it'll eventually turn into a shrub. Yeah, it will get bigger. You can also use your grasses to fill those areas as well. Like we have lemongrass growing in a couple spots there as well. Or, yeah, but that's also, you know, a bug. I mean, there's also a bug to turn up with a lot of this stuff um, too. Attract bee swarms as well. Exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you you're not getting just one bang for the buck. But also think about those nitrogen fixing shrubs. Like let's say it's a Siberian pea shrub. Maybe it works there. You know, there's other or goji berry. Right. There's other nitrogen fixing shrubs that you could put caddy corners. So if you got blueberries on, you know, opposite sides, then maybe you want to switch it up and put nitrogen fixing shrubs or some of the others we described there. But great question. Thank you so much for that. All right, so what else you got from that app? Uh, that was well. I didn't have any questions from the app, but I mean, there's plenty of uh, comments. It's a, uh, it's awesome. People are loving the show. Um, Tip a pimp show always brings a smile to my face. That's from Amelia Grace. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's one guy who joined uh, freesteading.com. That's also known as STWS. Um, much love from Oklahoma. Keep the episodes coming. That's the regen round table well yeah. cool i mean well that's where i grew up uh oklahoma <laughs> 21 marketing said uh do as many episodes as you want i'm listening to all of them oh man that's pretty awesome well right now we're doing two a week uh we may expand i mean but right now we got so many different irons in the fire we got three more pigs out there we got a process two of them are justin's one of the modern yeomans we got some uh chickens down the hill that you know, we could process them yeah. at any time, but they need we're to not get processed here soon. Yeah, we're going to try to get that done because there's so many things we want to try to get done through this winter. Uh, there's a lot of training I want to personally do. I can't I'm not going to talk about it yet. Uh, before I say anything about it, I want to make absolutely sure this training is on point. All right. So we got um, we got Chris, Chris Ryan. Um, it's rather lengthy, so I'm just going to kind of get down to it near the end. Basically, uh, they had a pretty awesome place, and it says, so uh, they just moved over the state line on northeast Tennessee, so it's a very, they go from a place where they were basically uh, getting stuff all year long, so now they moved in this area, so she says, finally, to my, or he says, finally to my question, because uh, we're learning this new climate, I'm unsure if I should order slash plant comfrey now going into the fall or wait until the spring. Um, I'd be, okay. I won't, I won't keep going on with that. Cause we still got some others to get into. Okay. If you're, uh, if you're that part of Tennessee, you can still put it in the ground right now. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people ask about the comfort. You can still put it in right now. It just might not pop up until next spring. So, well, you it could very it well pop up now too. It could, but it might, you might have to wait till next spring. Yeah. You could have it in there. Um, you gotta be patient with this stuff. Y'all when it, when the roots come up, it could take, I mean, there's some people that it, it is, it's taken up to three months, but once comfrey's it comes one up, of those though, things, good night. Yeah. Once it comes up, though, it's it's never going away. Once it develops the crown, then you can really be abusive to it, and it'll come back that same week. Yeah, this stuff is really, really awesome. And uh, like you said, I mean, we are. it's one of those things, man, the rougher you are with it. He says, all right, I'll expand, but it's also... It's not one of those ones where you stick it in the ground, the seeds are going to go everywhere, this stuff is sterile, it's not going to move anywhere unless you dig it up. Yeah, this is not, this is a clumping variety. Check this one out, he says, hey, Pimp Daddy, (laughs) Uh, remember y'all, Pimp stands for permaculture is my passion. Seems weird when I hear people talk about that, but anyway, my name is Ben, I live right next to Lake Michigan. He's 22 years old, and in his last semester of college, which I checked out his YouTube channel the other day, said I would drop out for similar William uh, reasons to William, but I love running cross-country too much to give it up and had a good scholarship, and so I'm debt-free, man. That is awesome, Ben. You're doing That's right. That's awesome. Anyway, I was wondering if you have any tips or recommendations to find a good farm apprenticeship program. Uh, I'm looking for something that will help me teach to run a uh, farm business permaculture style. I've been looking online. But most of what I've seen so far is more along the lines of social justice farms that advertise to the purple hair freaks. Um, man, I like this guy. <laughs> yeah, I like I watched him. This, I, I went and watched a little bit of his YouTube channel. I like I like how this dude rolls, man. You can kind of tell right off I get along with him. I mean, I would say that there are programs you can go through. You can go through like the official programs and stuff like that. But recently I'm realizing that the most beneficial um, – the most beneficial things that we've done have always been because we've taken the initiative. 
it like if you i'm saying that to say like if you go to a place if you go to a farm that you you know that you have permission to go to and you're um and you make yourself valuable there and you just say i'm working for free if you show up to Joel, like Joel Salatin's farm has a 24 7, 365 open farm policy. If you're there for 365 days, eventually he's going to notice that you're there for 365 days to learn how to farm. There you it's going to suck for 365 days, but you're going to learn exactly how the farm works. Like, camp outside his farm, find a public place to camp, go there for a year, go there every day. Somebody's going to We're about to have dinner with Joel on Friday, man. You don't need this dude trying tell, to stab me with him, his fork on the other side of the table. Tell him we He's sent have you. 50 people over there camped up outside of Polyface. Tell him it's my fault. Yeah, I can see Joel right now, man. He's going to take it. He's going to be on the other side hey, of that table. He says, you're, you're about to get pimp slapped by the Polyface. It's his pimp. fault. He wrote the books. Anyone can farm. <laughs> his fault. Man, okay. But if you go to, if you go to a farm and you just, like, you have to really want to do this, though. You have to really want to do it. You know, uh, Greg Judy talked about people doing the same thing, and that when you find somebody that's that dedicated, man, you find a spot for him. But look, yeah, you, you don't just don't come. Look, this place is a little bit different, y'all. Um, please do not just show up to Billy's Jungle Palace of Love. Yeah, I noticed noticed that I said that Joel has an open farm policy. <laughs> Get permission to go to a place first. Like he's giving you permission, so don't just show up to Greg Judy and say, "All right, I'm farming here." Well, don't be surprised if the rules have changed, especially right. in these times, because there's going to be a beacon with all the things we were just talking about, folks. I mean, this means some colossal changes in this country. And don't think that a lot of people ain't just going to show up to some of these places thinking, OK, here I am. Come help me out. How about this? Find out where they sell their goods. Meet them there and say, hey, I want to learn how to do this. Is there an opportunity for me? And just keep Keep going, like make your put yourself in the way. You're they gonna, have to focus or they have to react to you. But to make yourself useful and yeah. work for free. I don't know yeah. where this whole notion came up where, oh, I gotta be like they had these apprentices out here. They came one time or they, well, twice. They ain't never coming back, where they were paying them twenty bucks an hour to come out here and quote, learn how to farm. Well, th their hearts weren't in it. They were here to collect a check, and frankly, I'm not sure they walked away with anything of any value, especially when somebody's paying you to do this. You're going to have to get right. out there. And I'll be honest with you, my man. Um, truthfully, uh, we're kind of outnumbered in that regard. A lot of the people that are doing this from a permaculture perspective are coming from the leftist tradition. They're definitely not the Christian American heterosexual pro-gun libertarian that we are. So it's an uphill battle. I'll be honest with you. It is not yep. going to be easy. Or you may just go ahead do what you can out of the gates. Maybe get your own little piece. Uh, find a place. I mean, put the clarion call out there. Just see. And then honestly pray at the end of the day that the Lord will put the right people in front of you and remove the wrong ones from your life and put you in the right places where you can learn some good. Even if you're doing traditional farming. I mean, I'm completely with Joel on every aspect of this. That even if you're working with some old timer that's been at this for a long, long time. And maybe he doesn't have all the ways in which you've been or you think you ought to do it, I guarantee their knowledge is invaluable. Yeah. Their and knowledge also, of so many things is invaluable. Keep in mind that you're going to learn the most, not from classes and stuff like that, but from actually doing it. So you can actually do it on your own piece of land if you wanted to. Right. We got one from Zach here. I hope this email finds you well. Oh, let's see here. Let me get down to it. He says, basically, we're taking a step to get more livestock and coming Okay, we got we are overgrown with multiflora rose, poison ivy in the woods. And basically, he's saying, "Okay, what gives us the most return on our investment? Goats or pigs?" Pigs. I'm gonna go with pigs I too. I didn't even have to think about it. Screw goats. Goats suck. Now pigs ain't gonna eat no <laughs> multiflora rose. No, they, but they'll clear it around. Yep, they'll clear they'll around the base up. so you can yank it out. You can do what we do. I remember showing Justin uh, from um, Metcalf Mills one time, where we were sitting there throwing. We, we throw their food, and of course, we feed mostly rice and beans and stuff like that. We throw it around that multi-floor rose. I'm telling you, it's going to be gone. Yep. They ain't going to eat it, but there is definitely... They'll destroy it. I mean, they'll, like, clear everything away from it. The um, Also, the goats aren't going to destroy it either. The goats are just going to nibble at it and well, then not eat the grass around the base of it. Well, they'll wear it down. That's what they're meant to do. They're going to girdle that thing to the point where it's not going to want to come back at some point. But then look at how long you have to keep your goats there in order for that man, to happen. I am not trying to get mixed yeah. up with goats ever again, man. Yeah. Them guys, 
Just get pigs. Yeah, I mean, they're so much easier. But it, it really comes down to a personal thing because people feel as strongly about goats as I. I mean, they dislike pigs the way I dislike goats. So I mean, I guess it all depends, and obviously it depends on the goats too. I just, man, I, there's just so many those hair sheep just eat just about everything that a goat will. Pigs taste better. Well, I don't know them hair sheep. Boy, I put them up against anything. They taste better than goats. Yeah, the question I mean, is about goats versus pigs. I ain't never pigs ate a goat that I like. Always tastes better. I didn't like a goat alive or dead. The only time <laughs> I ever ate a goat that I liked was in the Middle East. I like goat, and I still pick pig. Man, I ain't ever eaten another goat. If I well, let me not say that because man, I'll eat just about anything. Yeah. But um, last only time I ever ate a goat that it was something I wanted to eat was actually in the Middle East. All right, we got this one from Jay Reynolds. Been watching your videos lately. It's always great to learn from you and your family. Love the t-shirts. We've had comfort here forever, and I'm seeing it's useful more and more, and it becomes less of a nuisance taking over parts of my raised bed. I, hmm, well, that comfort you ought to stay put unless you're up here digging it up, unless it's, well, depending on the variety. Our, our, our small farm has been looking for a way, for a place for like-minded people. And this is probably a super random email, but hoping to be able to ask you if there's some like-minded people there. Uh, we've looked at New Hampshire and, Honestly, this is really hard to read. They wrote this in a very small font. Um, most of the areas in the Northeast are more brainwashed than I can elaborate on. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, oh, Jay Reynolds. He was writing that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this thing is tiny, man. I mean, this font's really tiny. You want me to read it then? No, I, I'm about there. But basically, <laughs> I guess the statement is, and I guess where we ought to respond is, uh, he's asking, or she's asking, I'm not sure which, um, you know, are there any like-minded people like, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, we're probably going to get along great. So yeah. I guess they're asking, you know, are there like-minded people around here, I guess, like us and such? Around here? Yeah. Uh, and you can meet them all at Price's Creek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you got that right. When he's saying Price's Creek, why don't yeah. you tell It was where we met that guy uh, to pick up that ben. stainless steel. Yeah, Ben to pick up that stainless steel sink. Ridge Ranger, my man Ben. I didn't know if we wanted to announce his name on the air, but well, yeah, I guess he did announce himself. On well, that. we even did a video with him, yeah. but yeah, Price's Creek. If you want to know, all right, he's going. I'm just going to say it straight. Okay, Price's Creek is basically it's like this uh, trading post where you can literally go in there, buy a gun, boots, shoestrings, and a bologna sandwich. All you at the can, same checkout well, counter. And have that bologna sandwich made for you while you're shopping for the rest of the stuff. Yeah, all and, of it. And let's say your child threw up on her clothes on the way there. You can change her out, too. Well, they got, I mean, they got just about, it. this is like one of the neatest places you'll ever go. But, yeah, if that's the kind <laughs> of person you're looking tools. for, if you like that kind of store, you're going to dig that area. But yeah. the closer you get to Asheville, the more you're going to meet some, I mean, some downright. Look, I... I Look, Jesus died for those people too, but I got to be honest, y'all. I mean, good night, man. It has been a frustration dealing with some of these people. If you got to, if you got to be around them, it's like they literally live on another planet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, how do you see things completely opposite? How do you see no matter what you think? So to answer your question, um, you're going to have to get out a little bit. You can't be any near, you can't be near any, uh, main population centers when you get out you find regular people they were never playing along with the mass thing ever yeah they were never playing along with the distancing ever and when you get out these when you get this far out you're gonna realize that you're gonna find out that there's a whole lot of people like us we aren't all we're not that isolated yeah chances are you could probably go to your local gun store and find some people too yeah that's a real good spot okay yeah. this one here this will be the last one this is from john he says, hey, I bought your rice knife. I watched how easily it was cutting down comfrey. Had an idea that it might work cutting down my corn stalks. It cut down like a knife through butter. What I didn't know when I bought the rice knife was the design on the blade. I went back and read the description, and it didn't say anything about it. People might like to see a close-up of the blade itself so, so they can see why it works so well. Keep up the great videos and teaching. Oh, man, thank you so much. Uh, John, do you appreciate that. mean the uh, serration part? Yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, that's in, it should say serrated hand sickle um, in the description. If it doesn't, we'll get that switched. Uh, but yeah, it's a traditional um, serrated hand sickle. It's a, it's a rice knife. Like you said before, it's the one thing made in China that should yeah, be made that, in it's China. It's supposed to be made in China. How they about came that? up with it. 
Yeah, so you just yeah. yeah, we we did a little bit of value adding there, y'all. Look, I know I know that we're going to try to well, depending on the nature of the world, when we come back the next time, y'all, we're going to try to keep things and we we do as best we can. Let's try to we try to keep everything in a positive note. Try to give you that's why the Q&A is so special because it allows us to not only address your concerns, but at the same time put a positive thing on the the things that really matter. It's those Q&A things. We cover the world news. We cover some of the local things. But at the end of the day, that's how we really come to some really, really awesome solutions. So look, folks, that's going to do it for today. And t- blah, blah, blah. Uh, let me get this right the next time. That's going to do it <laughs> for us today. Y'all, I got this cold and I can't really yeah. talk right. I got to breathe and talk them through my mouth all at the same time. So till next time, y'all, stay alert. Stay, stay- alive. Catches the wine.